This is Ron Thurston, and we are live in New York City today with Kirk Black. Welcome to Retail in America. Welcome, everyone. I'm so happy that you've joined us for the second episode. This podcast is part of the Retail in America tour and an Airstream trailer, my year-long journey to discover these incredible retail heroes all across the country, celebrating our retail culture, community, and careers. Every one of these episodes will be recorded in person, like a conversation around a campfire, telling stories, sharing what inspires us, why we love what we do, and of course, always with a sense of retail pride. Today, we are still on stop number one of the tour right here in the heart of New York City. But before we get started, I want to thank the three important title sponsors fueling the Retail in America tour and this podcast. Spotify Advertising. Spotify is the number one podcast platform in the U.S. with over 380 million monthly active users around the globe, over half of which are supported on the ad platform. Spotify Advertising will help you reach and target your audience across devices, locations, and formats. Ubic. Over 300 companies in 80 countries trust Ubic to drive their retail performance at scale, get real-time visibility into multi-location business execution, digitized task management, and consistent digital mobile learning for their teams. And KWI. KWI is the industry's only true turnkey omni-channel platform for specialty retailers. With over 35 years of experience, let KWI help you execute flawlessly with the features that matter most, including endless aisle, clienteling, mobile checkout, inventory management, e-commerce, and more. The links to learn more about all three of these great brands will be in the show notes. All right, with that, let's get started. Yes. So I am very excited to have this conversation with Mr. Kirk Black. Yes. Kirk was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, yes. and has lived right here in New York City for mm -hmm. over 13 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have extensive retail experience working for various luxury brands uh, from Rick Owens, mm -hmm. Rag and & Bone, and Diesel, and we definitely want to hear about that. Uh, Kirk currently works for Shinola as the East Coast Regional Manager, focusing on their retail growth strategy, employee engagement, and his team's career development. We'll hear more about his career growth within Shinola from a store manager to the role you have today, yep. which I know people are really excited to learn about. And fun fact, he practices beekeeping and manages a few hives with his wife on their apartment terrace in his free time. Yeah. I can't wait to hear about that too. So Kirk, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. <laughs> so we were introduced through a peer of yours, yes. Jenna James, also with a Shinola regional manager. Yes. So my story with Jenna, Jenna ordered a dozen or so, maybe more copies of Retail Pride. Yes, I remember that. And somehow I found out that she had done that. And I reached out and I said, hey, if you ever want me to like have your team read my book and then jump on a call with your team, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. And it was a pleasure to yeah. do that. And then she and I just stayed connected. And then as I was starting this podcast, I just put it out in the universe of yeah. like, who in New York City should I speak to for Retail in America? And she's like, Kirk. <laughs> Kirk is your guy. So here we are together um, on a Saturday morning. Thank so, you. Yeah. So welcome. I'm excited. And thank you. Shout out to Jenna for kind of connecting that way. And I do remember when she purchased all those books for her team um, as a, I think it was a holiday gift or something like something to that effect. I think it was. Yeah. And um, 
it was, I know her team was all really excited and just kind of what that led to from there. And now here we are and here we are. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's great. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about New York City. So yeah. Retail Pride and Retail in America, New York City, you are a longtime leader in this city. What does it mean to you? Well, the city means a lot to me. As we were talking about earlier, you know, if, if you can kind of hack it here, you know, you can do it anywhere. And I know that's a, a age old cliche, but it rings very, very true. You know, at any given moment, in any given time, something unexpected can come up and you just have to deal with it and you have to pivot it uh, with it. And I mean, that's just within retail generally. It's like that. And I think it's amplified here in New York City. Yep. Yeah. And your leadership in, in a city like New York, when your team is also experiencing things that are everything heightened, yes. you just have to be that much better at your job because the right. phone probably rings more. Right. The text messages come in faster. Right. The things that they need right. just makes you have to also rise to the occasion. Yeah. It's important to stay centered and to stay grounded um, because you are that pillar of support for a lot of people and not only for your business, right, um, as being the leader of that business in whatever capacity that you're doing, but you're also that pillar of support for your people. And it's important to stay grounded, stay centered, and be able to mitigate and manage these things as they come along so you can continue to encourage your team and stay strong for your team so they can go out and be strong in true. the things that they're doing. It's true. So yeah. I have to ask, do the bees help you stay grounded? Yes, they do. Actually, yes, <laughs> they us. do. I, it's, I've never met a beekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. So, you know, I think people have a lot of misconceptions about bees and there's a lot of like phobias. And of course, mm. you know, everyone always knows what the business end of a bee is, you know, when you get stung by one. <laughs> um, however, when you just watch them just naturally, they just work, you know, and they don't pay you any mind. Of course, this is New York City. So um, I'm fortunate enough to have a, an apartment with some outdoor space. <laughs> so <laughs> that is fortunate. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's not it's not huge. Like it's not a backyard, but it's a, it's a pretty amount of space. But we're still in pretty close proximity, you know, high, but maybe six feet away from me, probably six okay. or seven feet away. But, you know, you watch them and it's very like therapeutic and it's very calming just to kind of watch them go in and out and like do orientation flights and come back with pollen all over their legs. And you just kind of get into the zone and watch them. So, yeah, wow. it does help me stay grounded. It yes, it's it like does. meditation. It is. Yeah, for... it is. It is very meditative. Wow. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I like just that. to kind of sit outside and, you know, have a glass of lemonade and just watch them go back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So tell us. You know, a little bit more about your just career trajectory. I sure. know you started in sales with some yeah. really interesting brands, right. some of my personal favorites, and and today you're a regional manager. Yes. So walk us through just your your journey a bit. Yeah. So I like to describe kind of my trajectory or where I got to right now as I follow kind of the grassroots route, mm -hmm. um, to say the least. And I kind of worked my way up to the position that I'm in now pretty much for lack of a better word from the bottom right uh started off as a sales position at diesel when i used to live in detroit um okay. we used to have a store at a mall there um that was just like right on the outside of the city limits of detroit in a, in a small city called dearborn but i think it was the only diesel store in the city and you know with it being like an italian brand and like super cool and from new york and, and you know expensive and yeah and expensive yeah <laughs> yeah i i gravitated towards it and i really liked it um and i just knew i wanted to kind of like be a part of that world or like be work in that kind of uh 
in that type of environment. And so I went in there and I got hired and, you know, made some pretty good connections there and some pretty good friends. Mm-hmm. And then um, from that position, I worked there for like a couple of years and then they were opening a store on Fifth Avenue and they were pulling all these people from all over the place. And then the opportunity came about when they were like, hey, we're opening the store on Fifth Avenue. Do you want to like come work here? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I said, sure. Yeah, I'll do it. So then I moved to New York and that started my journey here. And I worked at Diesel for a couple of years um, and kind of worked my way in different positions there from sales to supervisor to like floor manager and et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Um, and then from there, I was I left after maybe a few years and went to Rick Owens. And they used to have a store actually not too far from here on, on Hudson, like spring. Um and that was like a really interesting experience as well. And that was Rick Owens, the brand being iconic. Know, yes. <laughs> yes, to say the least. Um, and that was not emerging at that time, but it was very popular. And they only had the one store in that location. And then they sold in all these different wholesale accounts and so on and so forth. But I worked there for not very long. Actually, it was a very short stint that I worked there um, at that location. And then I moved to Rag and Bone. And then I popped around the city to the Upper West Side, to Soho, to a store on Christopher Street in the West Village as well. So I did that for a little bit. Then after a few years at Rag and Bone, there was this brand that came that was like popping up that a friend of mine told me about. And he was like, hey, there's this brand called Shinola. They're from Detroit. They do watches. They do bikes. They do all this cool stuff. And it's like right up your alley. And um, that's where I went from there. And that was how many years ago? Nine years ago at this point. Nine. Yeah. And you started in sales. I, I started. Yeah. I actually took a step back from when I was at Rag and Bone and I went to a junior supervisor position in yeah for shinola yeah okay yeah wow and then potential store manager and beyond yes like so give us just a little bit of insight on that like if you're giving advice as i'm sure you do to people that want to grow their career in multi-store yeah and you're kind of started you're right ground floor right uh, what do you say well of course do the work <laughs> you know do the, <laughs> the work, work work hard of course be open to the opportunities that may come along, right? I think a lot of times in retail or just in our careers in general, we get we become very like safe or complacent to where we're like, okay, you know, I'm here and I'm doing this and I kind of got a good routine going on and so on and so forth. But if you want to advance, you want to grow, you have to be open to moving or kind of like following wherever the opportunity is. Right. And that's what I did. So I started as a junior sales position at Shinola when we opened a door in Tribeca um, and we had Tribeca in Detroit. And those were the only two stores we had when we first started. Oh, wow. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Just Tribeca in Detroit. And um, that it was that way for about two years. And then um, an opportunity came about where we were expanding and um, we were opening stores in Chicago. And again, just another situation where it's like, hey, we're doing this. Do you want to take this opportunity? And I took that opportunity and, you know, never really kind of look back and continue to build on it and build on it and grow and grow and grow. And here I am today. Wow. Yeah. It's it's impressive too. But nine years later, it is no longer an accident. And and you're very intentional about the the work you had to put in and the leadership you had to learn and the teams you had to build right and having that responsibility right is an interesting many ways self-taught journey yes to get where you are today <laughs> yes yeah. yeah a lot of trial 
<laughs> you know uh-huh. that the saying is like trial and error like a lot of trial some error but a lot of just kind of going with it and seeing where where it was going to take me you know uh-huh. um and just finding my way or finding the path along the way mm-hmm. essentially yeah so yes like you said a lot of self-teaching <laughs> yeah are there anyone in particular that really that have really inspired you any people on your journey Yes. So there's a lot of things that have inspired me on my journey. The one thing I like to say is that people that are smarter than me inspire me (laughs) on my journey. But I think that's that could be said for anyone. But I've had a lot of good leaders and I've had a lot of good examples, Mm. especially within the company that I'm in now and then some of the companies before. And for me, I think that what really inspires me is not really just the industry leaders, but a lot of times my peers inspire me. Um, My peers and my colleagues inspire me to... I like to watch how they're working, you know, what they're doing and feed off of that. And then we feed off of each other. Right. And it's a very kind of symbiotic process for me a little bit to um, how I benefit from that and then how we can benefit from one another. But if there were people, I mean, I can I can name specific people who inspired me. Yeah, please. (laughs) Yeah. One person that inspired me was one of my past VPs of retail. Um, His name was John. John, the thing for him is that he mainly what he did for me is he had me believe in myself more so than anything um, and and kind of built bolstered me up or built a confidence within me that I would maybe kind of shy away from a little bit. And he taught me a lot of practical things about the business. So the practicality of management versus inspirational leadership. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Because I think we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves right. to be particularly early in our career, right. these kind of aspiring you know, leaders who just kind of fly in and make everyone happy. Yes. And you were learning the basics of management. Yes. From John. Yes, like. absolutely. Yeah. They're a very valuable. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then another person that's inspired me was another woman that I worked with. Her name was Diane. I didn't work directly for her, but I worked adjacent to her. Um, but she was another leader in a company that I worked for. And she particularly showed me how to I like to say maintain my standards, uh, maintain standards no matter what, no matter mm-hmm. what the situation is and kind of be that pillar that we were talking about mm-hmm. and push for what I want and, you know, what I want to achieve and what I need from not only myself, but from my teams and employees and so on and so forth and always execute well, no matter what the situation is. It's like, if you're going to do something worth doing, then do it well. And then another person that inspired me was VP of retail. His name was Steve. And Steve just showed me a really great example of leadership, right? Like was, it's kind of what I based my model off of my leadership off of. And he led, I learned a lot through his example of empathy and like really just kind of considered leadership and, and, and really leading from a people centric place right Mm. to to understand that people that work for us we're all in this together you know we're gonna we're gonna kind of march forward in rhythm or in tandem or together right and you know i thank him every like i kind of (laughs) like thank him every day for that a little bit in a sense where that's something that i aspire to to be the 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 type of leader that he showed me that a leader can be Mm. right wow does he know that i think so (laughs) Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I saw him not too long ago. Okay, uh, good. 
maybe back in December or something like that. So, um, so I think he knows that. But the things with all these individuals were that they were like kind of great leaders for me. And it is not necessarily the individual attention that they gave me more so than anything, um, but the way that they just acted and carried themselves on a daily basis, mm. right? It just was a part, it was ingrained you know, in them and, and just really pushing to all these different aspects or pushing to be um, or pushing me to be the best that I could be. Yeah. Yeah. And can we go back to that confidence for a minute? Because yeah. I do think that that is often an obstacle when you think about sales or assistant store manager roles, store manager to multi-store. I remember becoming a district manager at a pretty young age right. and saying like, a complete lack of confidence of what I was going to do. Yeah. And it took me a long time yeah. to actually figure out, yeah, I was a good store manager. Am I a good district manager? I'm I'm not sure yet. Yeah. And it took me a, a long time to unravel what multi-store leadership looks like and did I have the confidence to do this job? Someone believed in me. Yes. Did I believe in myself? Right. Not, no, not yeah. at the time. And I think even though your confidence grows over time, I think it's still something that you are kind of faced with pretty much every day, you know, um, or for me, I'm faced with it every day. Mm -hmm. um, I think I may have a handle on something and then someone starts screaming from you know, <laughs> a few steps above and, or true. a few floors above. And so I have to kind of lean on what I know, lean on basically the things that I've been taught, the things that I that I've kind of taught myself, the things that I've learned from my team, the mm -hmm. things that my team have taught me and trust myself and also know that my team trusts me to execute and make the right decisions. Right. And that that's what kind of builds the confidence within me. Right. Right. And it's of course, it's going to vary certain things, but it's going to it's going to vary at certain times. But the point is to kind of just go into it. You know, I've learned to just kind of go into it and, and just make the best of any situation. Right. And, and I think that humility of saying, you know what, I'm actually not sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to handle this, right. but we're going to find the right partners right. and we're going to make sure we do the right thing. Yes. And I should always know the answer. I should yeah. know exactly what to do yeah. at any given moment, any phone call I get, I should know what to do. Yes. The minute you second guess that of like, actually don't is where I would fall into this trap of, I don't think I'm ready because I don't know all the answers. Right. And instead just being confident to say, I don't know all the answers, but I'm going to figure it out and I'm right. going to do the right thing. Right. It sounds like you had some of those moments. Yes. And I think the thing is, is that, you know, even if I don't know, and going back to the point that you made about my team, we're going to figure it out together. Right. Mm -hmm. And even if I don't know immediately, and it, it also has a, um, it has an added benefit as well, because not only does it boost your confidence, it boosts your team confidence as well. Right. Or that individual that you're working with. I think a lot of people are very... Sometimes people, because they lack that confidence, they become afraid, right? Yeah. They become afraid where it's like, oh, my leadership is going to be undermined or, you know, I'm not going to be looked at the same way. But I found through my experience, it's actually the opposite, right? Where you do show that moment of humility, you show that moment of yeah. vulnerability, and then you and your team or you and that individual work together to kind of find those solutions. And once you understand and find what that is, you move forward together. And then now you have a newfound confidence and now you have another notch on your belt, something you know how to do. And now you're your employee or your team members has has that same thing and they're growing and they're learning and they're developing all the same as well so it's a, it's a it's a beautiful thing yes it happens. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely how do you describe working in in retail it's often fun 
It's it's actually very, very fun. Um, it's very diverse in so many ways that I don't think a lot of people understand. And it can be very fulfilling as well, especially from the for me, for the people uh, management standpoint and the connections that you make with people. Um, it also can be very challenging. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, very rewarding, right? Um, I've, I've had so many opportunities to experience so many facets of things in cooler ways than I think most people do and other people do in other fields, right? And what I mean by that is the connections that I've made with people, not only with my team and my colleagues and leaders that I've met, but meeting like industry leaders, right? Like we were talking about earlier and just being inspired from that way. Um, even there, there's a lot, you know, even like meeting celebrities and influencers and all these different types of things. Um, I've been able to experience so many different places. You know, I've been able to travel uh, pretty significantly and I'm very thankful for that domestic and internationally um, in, the, in service of the brand that I'm working for and the business and trying to build it in different facets. And then yeah. even experiences, right? Through... Um, events and activations. And so there's a lot of different things that I tell my my family and friends about it. Um, and I think one of the biggest things is that I've learned so many different things that I could apply to so many different parts of my life and mm. any of my own like entrepreneurial endeavors that I would ever choose to take as well. So yeah. it, it's it, there's a lot that kind of comes with. Retail Pride was about recognizing and celebrating the fact that millions of people work in this industry right yet the perception even today is it's kind of a backup career right was never intended didn't require a specific education right and what you just described is look at all of the opportunities that have been given to you yeah look at the financial opportunities look yeah. at the leadership skills you've learned that you yeah. can apply in your personal life right. i mean that people like you are one of the reasons why i wanted to do this yeah to really share the the fact that investment and hard work and good choices yeah. and following great leaders sounds like some leaders um you acquired just through you know with them working for your brand yeah but I mean, for me i've followed also good leaders into other companies so yes. you find great people right you surround yourself with great people right and it's the, an incredibly rewarding and powerful career yes Yes. yes, it is. And you, you have had that so far. Yes. And you're only getting started. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I am actually. And I'm looking forward to like the future and like yeah. what it's going to bring, you know. Is there anything that excites you most about the retail industry in the next 10 years? Well, I think immediately um, what I'm looking forward to is kind of coming out of this COVID era that we've been in and just the possibilities that come with that and kind of coming back to kind of a sense of normality. I hate, I feel like everyone's saying that and <laughs> they, then you shake, your voice shakes when you say it. normalness. I don't know. Right. Right. The retail industry, it has the opportunity to reconnect the world right. and how we engage as a human race. And because there aren't a lot of other opportunities where you are every day engaging with strangers right. and having, having intentional conversations with strangers Right. You, you briefly have those in restaurants. You briefly had the, have those in other areas. You could spend three hours in a Shinola store today speaking yes. to the team right. and never make a purchase, right. but yet have a really important conversation that changes that customer's life. Yes. That has nothing to do with the sale. Yeah. And that is the power of retail. Yeah. I appreciate how much you have given to the industry and how much you love it. You can tell. 
It it's um I think one of the things that you mentioned or that we've one of the consistent themes that we continue to talk about during this conversation is just the connectivity with people, right? And how you just said a moment ago, like you can just have a conversation, they don't have to buy anything and you can change that person's life or change their uh perspective or, you know, or their day. Or, you know, or their attitude or anything like that. Right. Which is very real. Like you said, you don't get that anywhere else. Right. And it's it's very immediate or it can be very immediate in, in a lot of different aspects. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So, Kirk, one of my favorite topics, mm-hmm. um, aside from talking about retail pride, is retail innovation. And it, I think the the idea of how the industry will continue to evolve and attract new talent is through innovative ways to lead, to operate, right. to create, how we create our product, what we do, um, how we utilize technology and hiring and staffing. And there's all kinds of great tech. What are your thoughts on retail technology and its innovation? I think there's a lot of great technology that has advanced the industry further beyond what we could ever imagine, especially when it comes to kind of connectivity from the employee to the customer, Mm -hmm. right? And we're more connected than ever, right? And that's (laughs) getting another (laughs) cliche. Uh, we're We're more connected than ever. And I think the real innovation comes through our people. And I think that's going to be the future of retail, right? And I think the innovation starts with creating equity and investment um, in the employees, right? That's what retail pride is, right? That's where it needs to start. um, And that's where it needs to kind of continue. And that's where it needs to grow. Um, Retail isn't the same as we, I think we've mentioned before in this call, it's not the same as it was 20 years ago. It's not the same as it was 10 years ago. It's not the same as it was two years ago, two months ago, right? Uh, the landscape is changing dramatically and drastically. And companies, I believe, what companies need to start doing um, to instill a little bit of retail pride and continue to push that narrative forward is to put more investment in succession planning and uh, a path for it for its employees, right? Um, to build quality employees, quality team members, quality workers, and then garner a quality result. I don't, it's so, it, to me, it's so simple, right? It's like you get in what you put out, mm-hmm. right? And you want this, you want this world-class experience and you want, you know, your store and your location to be this certain way and so on and so forth, but we're not doing, but we, in, or, in order to get that, you have to do the work. Um, and I think you have to do the work and put the investment into your employees and your team members. And I think now, if anyone's going through some of the same struggles that I'm going through currently, mm-hmm. uh, it's more in your face, like pointed now than it ever has been. Yep. So, I mean, I, I love what you said around succession planning. You may have been a recipient of some of that work right. you know, from other people. I certainly have as well. When I speak to my friends who are recruiters and I say, well, what a, what a candidate's asking for today, like in an, in an industry where it seems like there are more opportunities than candidates, what yes. do the candidates want? Yes. And the candidates, their response is the candidates want career growth opportunities. Yes. What are you going to do yep. to help me be more successful, to make more money, to grow my career? Yes. And brands should have a smart answer to that request. Absolutely. And some of it is listening, acting, succession planning, like be that as part of your recruiting process right. with very intentional 
benchmarks right. and some really great examples. That is very appealing to candidates. Yeah. It sounds like you you do that really well in your brand, yeah. but as an industry, I'm not sure that's always been the case. Right. Brands need to take the time to show that it is possible to create something lucrative and sustainable, right? And it's not just, you know, your fly-by-night accidental career that right. you're taking on, right? Or this job that you're taking on that you can actually make something uh, more than what you see on the surface level, right? right. Um, and whether that's initial, initially from the onset, from whenever the recruitment stage, or even for that tenured employee that's been kind of working their way up through the ranks for the past five years or whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah. Or not had that conversation and they've been kind of that steady employee. Right. And no one's asked them what they really want. Right. And you may be surprised what you hear. Yeah. If you absolutely. do that in a really authentic and humble um, and empathetic way. Right. You may have the opportunity to do something for that person. Right. That no one's ever done before. Right. I think that is the retail of the future. Yeah. And I think that's how brands are truly going to be successful yeah. and uh, have some sustainability, right? It's It literally all comes down to the people that you have running your business. Right, right. <laughs> the, bulk, the bulk of which comes from stores, yes. which I love to talk about too. Yes. When I you know get the question of you know retail, well, retail's dying. Yeah. You know, whether no matter what I'm doing, I'm like, let me lay, lay down some facts for you. Yeah. You know, that's still even by 2025, 75% of all commerce done in this country will right. be done in a store. Right. So, you know, that and growth of e-commerce is leveling, leveling out. All right. of that is exactly pointing to what you just said. Yes. Is that this will always be a people business. Right. This is a people business. And the better we are at that, that 75% will continue to thrive. Right. And if we don't, we will be in some, maybe some similar situations that people have been in the last several months, yeah. which are kind of understaffed and stretched and overworked. And, and the candidate saying, you know what, I, I want more. Right. And, and, and rightly so. Right. And rightly so. Yes. There's so many different routes that I can take with this conversation. But, you know, what I'm looking for as my career grows, you know, and what I'm looking for in the future of like retail and then like employers and so on and so forth is, you know, of course, really strong core values and brands that stick to those core values. Um, very, you know, considered strategy right strategy as far as not only where we where companies plan for the business to go but how do they plan for their people to grow as well that that type of strategic planning as well and then just the innovation not being afraid to take that risk yeah because we have the retail manual we have like if you do this and this and this you will get this result in that sure yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's tried and true but yep. at some particular point there needs to be a deviation right or there or the the current climate or landscape shows that there needs to be a deviation from what like okay maybe we did a b and c but d is a little different because the current situation doesn't apply, right? So we need to kind of figure it out from there. Um, we'll kind of wrap this up here with this idea. Um, I write in Retail Pride around the three pillars of what I call retail success, okay. of, kind of empathy, curiosity, and focus. Right. And we've talked about all of those in the last half an hour. Yes. Is there one that really stands out to you as a towering strength? 
I think the first pillar, empathy. Empathy. Stands out for me. You know, this industry is people-centric. And I'm most proud of kind of the intentional and kind of unintentional connections that I've made within it. And those things have always, or everything that I do has been driven by empathy, even the way that I manage now, right? And I tell people that all the time. I tell my team that, tell my colleagues that, right? Where I manage from a people perspective, which may not win me a lot of favors. And sometimes (laughs) in some, uh, in some form. It may depend on on who's asking. Exactly. (laughs) Right. But it's, I'm always thinking about, um, how I can best serve not only the people that work for me, but then how those people serve the people that are interacting with our brand because brands and retail is more than just product, right? It's more than just the product you're purchasing. It's that experience that you're having um, internally and externally. Right. And that's the kind of driving force for me, right? That's the pillar for me that I lean on the most. Yeah. Yeah. And, And you'll be remembered for because people are watching you do that. Right. They're watching you lead with empathy. Right. And they will, as their careers grow, it right. will become a strength. If we all did that even more, how we engage with each other would continue to be even better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It was great. Thank you. Where can people find you? Um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Real easy. Yeah. Kirk Black. Kirk not, Black. Not too many of them on there. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Kirk Black, and you see the brand that I work for, uh, Shinola, and yeah, you can find me there. Fantastic. You can message me there. Thank um, you. A real me. pleasure. Thank so, you. Like, congratulations on your career and yeah. learning about your journey and the journey that you're going to have. It's yeah. an honor to know you. Yeah. Same. Thank Likewise. you. Thanks, Kirk. Yep. I want to thank Kirk Black for being on the show today and to all of you for listening. Please subscribe, review, and share this podcast with everyone you know in retail. And of course, there are a lot of us. You can go to retailpride.com and follow me on Instagram at retailpride to see all of the details about the Retail in America tour, the cities we will visit, other media links, past episodes, and more. And I would love to meet you on the journey. Contact me directly to nominate a retail hero for this podcast, host a retail networking or book signing event in your city, or just to say hello. Keep your retail pride strong, and I will see you on the road.